I think Fixer Funnel is awesome. I think it's like just a brilliant idea. It's an idea that should already be in Infusionsoft. I mean, Infusionsoft, hey, they should just pay you like a billion dollars and buy the company because it's like, there's so much stuff in Infusionsoft that I'm like, why isn't this in here already? Well, this is Ryan Chapman's Picture Funnel, and today I'm coming to have Daniel Barrett. And Daniel has a very interesting business because he focuses on getting traffic, which is always critical, but he's got a very interesting perspective because he's going to show how getting that traffic correlates with actual margin and the profit. So, Daniel, welcome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me. So tell us uh, real quickly a little bit about your business. Yeah, so um, we're running two businesses right now. One is uh, Two Friendly Nerds, which is the world's friendliest web design company. And um, basically a small web design firm. We really focus on helping um, coaches and consultants and service providers put together really strong websites that help to generate leads and, and kind of bring in new clients. And then um, we're actually spinning out a new company right now, which is sort of what I'm in the middle of, it's called AdWords Nerds. It's kind of like the sister brand. And uh, we're really focusing on pay-per-click management, specifically AdWords, but also Facebook for uh, real estate investors. So people that are out there kind of buying homes, flipping houses, that kind of thing. People that need to generate a lot of leads for whom uh, margin is really important. And so we kind of come in and do a really kind of high-touch, personalized approach. There's no kind of like automated pay-per-click management or anything like that. And really help people build funnels where they can buy leads really profitably. So and, how um, did you get into these businesses? Well, uh, what's your, so what's I your, started, your background story? Yeah. Well, uh, my background story is, so I have, I have two master's degrees. One is in education and one is in history. Right, so I want—I was going to be a history teacher. That was really my uh, career path, and um, I had just been building sites and kind of being online forever. I've, I've been in bands and kind of involved in music for a really long time, and so I was always the guy that's kind of building the band website, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I always tell the story. I, I'm pretty sure this is the case that when I, I, I built the first English language Pokemon fan site, that's my kind of claim to fame. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I think it's true, you know. But um, so in any case, uh, you know, just kind of been doing it forever. And, and people kept asking me to build websites for them for money, and I would turn it down all the time because it just wasn't what – I'm like, it's not really what I want to do, you know. And I kind of just got sucked into it and realized that um, when I started working for myself kind of freelancing, man, is it fun. It is just the most fun. It's, it's creative. It's cool to create stuff, yeah. Oh my god! It's it's exhilarating. It's challenging, right? And it's like, instant that's, that's, feedback too, because you make that change, you can see it right then. Oh my god! Yeah. So it's it's just like you know, nothing makes you you know. It, I, we, I just had a kid. I, we have a six month old. My first. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And I was say like, there's two things that have really made me grow as people as a person, right? And one's starting the business, and one's having my son. They really force you to oh, yeah. go beyond your your. Um, your comfort zone, right? So um, that's kind of it. I just, I got into it and, um, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and think, uh, you know, my skill is really taking this technical stuff, bringing it to clients that are largely non-technical 
and kind of putting together a service that helps them in a way they, they get, right? It's one of the reasons, you know, it, we say it's like two friendly nerds. It's because we're, we're trying to be, you know, it's a little bit cliche, but trying to be like the Zappos of the industry where we're really trying to, you know, people love to do business with us. That's the goal. And, I, I think uh, that's a, an excellent goal. I mean, that's, we, we all enjoy it when we have a pleasant experience working with another business or person. You know, oh, totally. We, we hate it when yeah. we feel like we're a pain in their butt. So Yeah, or vice versa, right? Yeah. It's like no one, no one wants to be in that relationship. You don't, you don't want to date the person that it bugs the living crap out of you. So it's the same kind of thing. You know, it's, we, we want to be on great terms with our clients. We want to just have that quality of life while we're also – getting the result that's the other part that's right? very you can't cool just be, can't just be a pretty face no. which, you know these people can't see me but trust me i'm a very pretty face yes. so there you go not made for radio or podcasting <laughs> not like my mug yeah. <laughs> all right well so you kind of brought up a couple of things for me. one of them that, that uh, obviously we're going to get into the pay-per-click because i think that's something that a lot of people have questions about mm -hmm. you know, how, how do you deal with that how do you approach that um, but the, the, the other question that came up for me is obviously if you're developing websites today, you're, you're paying attention to mobile and it's, you know, how's that site going to look on mobile? What, what are your thoughts on the, on the mobile trend and how, like real quickly, what would you say to people that are saying, I don't know if I'm ready or if I know I'm ready. I know the word responsive gets thrown around a lot. What's your, what's your take on it? Yeah. So, you know, um, I would just say, you know, it's 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 not a trend. It's just the way things are now, right? Yeah. And I'll, I'll put this I'll put this in perspective, right? Like, uh, I, I watched the Super Bowl. It was just a couple of days ago, right? With Super mm -hmm. Bowl, and uh, you know, my wife is on her tablet. I'm on my cell phone. I've got the laptop open in the other room. I'm going back and forth. Uh, you know, my my brother is texting me on my phone. It's showing up on my desktop. We live in a multi-device world, right? Yeah. And it is absolutely the case that no matter what you do, if you're the most boring company on the face, like you, you sell, I don't know, concrete to, I don't know, concrete wholesalers. So there's like nothing interesting about it, right? You give the thing to the thing, you know, no offense to the concrete industry. I'm sure it's fascinating or whatever, but it's, I guarantee that your clients are engaging with you on mobile. And, you know, one of the things people always say is like, well, you know, my clients are older. They don't do that. It's nonsense, right? Like my mom has an iPhone. And I always say if my mom has something, it is mainstream. Everybody has it, right? My mom has this, you know, she's going on websites. She's searching things. She's using Siri, right, to like find stuff like in that moment. It, you know, I think it's, I think this is the year, right? It tipped over. It's significantly more than 50% of all traffic is on some sort of mobile, mobile device. device. I mean, the thing is, too, if you look at the mobile device as a whole, mm. the learning curve on a mobile device is so much lower than on a PC. Sure. You know, a desktop yeah. computer. Um, there's so much more that you have to know when you're, you're doing the in, all your input via a keyboard and mouse. Right. It's a different experience. Um, we have a 30 year history in the PC industry. So yeah. it's not like, it, you know, it's not fully ingrained. And whereas, and you know this, if you've done any web development whatsoever, you know, and we were, in fact, we're just talking about this with my developers today, how you learn things retrospectively. You know, you look back, you go, man, we probably shouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. <laughs> we should have yeah. done it this way. And with the on, with the, the, all these smartphones, that's basically what happened is they were able to look back 
25 years and say, okay, well, there are all the things that we should not have done that we did and how could we do them differently? And it, it, that's why I think well, to a point where they say that infants and toddlers actually experience brain damage because of their exposure to uh, tablets. I don't know if you've seen oh, this study that came out. So, yeah, because there's parents are handing them to babies and the babies can figure them out. Right. <laughs> yeah, so they're playing on them and being entertained, but the, it's actually doing damage to the brain or whatever. But the yeah. point being, it's so simple that a toddler can pick up this technology and work with it. And your older folks, unless they've got real mental blocks, are also picking up and they're having no problems at all because the learning curve is so low on it. And so that just enhances the, the adoption. Plus right. in the U.S., that's different in other countries, but in the U.S., we have this subsidy on the acquisition of a phone. Right, that right, right. makes it so it's significantly less expensive than maybe looking at getting a, a desktop computer, or even a, a laptop, in many cases. And it's taking care of your phone, your camera. You don't have to buy a camera anymore. You know, so you have all these purchases that are now wrapped up into the smart device, and that I think is fueling it as well. But yeah. you know, all these things produce this, like you're saying, this multi-device world. And where a lot of people are expecting things to be just as convenient, if not more convenient on the mobile than on the well, desktop. Yeah. And that's the other thing, right? It's like we have this expectation. It's not just that I can see your site on my mobile. It's that when I go to your site, I will have a mobile experience, right? It's not just enough. And that like, shouldn't be a neutered experience. No, it's got to be better in a lot of ways, yeah. right? Which is why, the, the, you know, you mentioned responsive design. And it's like every design we do from is is responsive. Out of we don't charge more for it. It's just the default, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. And it almost is a point where I'm like, it's almost kind of like professional malpractice to build a non-responsive site because one, Google will penalize you for it. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, Google Webmaster Tools started spitting off an, an actual error in their Webmaster Tools if you don't have a good mobile experience. Google clearly. Uh, I mean, in my, in my opinion, clearly works it into their algorithm for, for rankings and stuff well, like that. Well, you know that because if you guys have done any searches on your desktop recently or on your mobile device, it, mm -hmm. especially on the mobile device, it will tell you if it's a mobile-friendly site Yeah. in, in, the, in the, the listing on the Google yeah. search. I mean, it, it really um, – and I always say, like, let's take the most conservative estimate anyone could realistically say. And let's say only 10% of the people land on your site are, are using mobile. I think it's way more. But let's say it's only 10%. And let's say, again, super conservatively, 50% of those people are willing to put up with a sum of substandard uh, you know, experience on mobile. So it leaves like 5% of your kind of viewers, right, kind of left over that are, they're, you're going to lose because you have a substandard mobile site. Are you comfortable losing 5% of your potential leads month over month? Okay, so then let's talk about that real quick too because I think everybody needs to be aware of these things. Obviously, I'm aware of it. You're aware of it because it's it's part of what we do. Mm. But I think that people think, okay, I got a responsive theme for my WordPress. Right. I'm set. But really, when we talk about adjusting and, and catering to mobile, and I – encourage people to go mobile first, right? Think about yeah. what the experience is on mobile first, then go ahead and see, okay, is desktop okay? All right, that's fine, let's go on. But it's not just about, oh, I can pull up the site on my smartphone that looks decent. You gotta be thinking about the whole process, the whole sales process. And this is where I see 
even like companies that are claiming, again, I, I'm tempted to say the name, but I won't. The companies that are, are these big lead aggregators, right? Or they're saying, hey, this is a tool for capturing leads. They're not mobile friendly. So yes, I can get them to my website. It looks beautiful, but when they actually try and give me their information, it all goes to pot. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I've got my labels for my fields to the left instead of on top or in the field itself. Right. I, you know, I'm using the same keyboard for every field value. Because see, when we deal with the desktop, how many different keyboards do you have? You got one. So we didn't care about what the field type was. Yeah, but yeah. now we're coming into a, this place where the keyboard actually changes based on the field type, which you guys may not know what that means. But what that means is if I go to an email, it ought to pull up a keyboard that's going to make it easy for me to enter in the email. Yeah. If I go to a phone field where I'm asked for a phone number, it better pull up all those big numbers so that my fat French fry eating fingers don't <laughs> press the wrong numbers. Yeah, but yeah. It, those things aren't happening on the lead capture side. Now just imagine we try and send them through to order something. And this is yeah. like, you know, since a lot of users or people listening probably have Infusionsoft or, or have heard about it if they've listened to a few of these podcasts. Yeah. And they also know that the Infusionsoft order form you get out of the box is not mobile optimized. And yeah. the way it's laid out is actually atrocious for mobile. So if you're sending people through that, now you've got another problem. This is where, you know, I don't know if you guys do this, Daniel, but yeah. it, you, you probably should be helping any Infusionsoft users you guys service to get that mobile friendly order form, which, yeah. you know, can be, can be accomplished, but you know, we're not thinking about the whole path for the mobile person. And then what in my experience happens is people, if they do have, they're aware of the Google analytics and they look at it, what they'll see is drop-offs when the people go to lead generation or ordering. Yeah. And then they yeah. go, well, see mobile just doesn't convert like desktop. <laughs> Yeah. And I have to laugh because, well, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Get into analytics and stuff. You see some really shocking things, right? It wasn't mobile, but it reminds me of this time we were looking at analytics for this company we were doing consulting for. It was kind of the same thing. They were noticing this drop off on their form, right? And we were sort of niching down and segmenting the data. We found it was like Firefox users had like a 0% conversion rate. Like everyone else is like 30% or something, right? And we're like, you know, what's the issue? So we test on Firefox. And it was like you would go all the way to, it was like shopping cart. You'd go all the way to the end. And then the, in Firefox, the checkout button wasn't there. It was just wouldn't show up in oh. Firefox. So they would get there and there'd be no button to click, right? And they'd like click around the whole page and Jeez. then they bounce off. So it, it, it is. It's like one of these things where, um, you, you know, I, I totally take your point. You know, there's there's no way you can get everything right out of the gate most no. of the time, right? But if you're if you're paying attention, you're going to notice these things, and you can get in and fix well, them. Well, and this is where you know there are advantages to standing on people's shoulders instead of trying to learn everything yourself. Because I know yeah. that's a real tendency with entrepreneurs. We want to have mastery of things so we have control, and that's yeah. ultimately we're afraid of losing control because we've lost it before and we've been burnt somehow. And so that's, it's a reality. So I don't discount it. I just say, you know, there's certain advantages to be able to say, oh, hey, I got Daniel on my team. Um, I can trust that Daniel is gonna help me keep an eye on the analytics. Uh, you know, that when they build stuff, they're gonna be thinking about what's going on, what what's yeah. happening. And so they're gonna give me something that's gonna be 
addressing a lot of these things that I wouldn't even know to think about. Because I'm sure that if someone has listened to this and they aren't in this whole field, that they're going, I didn't even realize that. And they're maybe they have to check their pants because they're like, oh no, <laughs> um, all my stuff, yeah. maybe that's why it's not converting. Or, you know, and they're like, well, now where do I start looking? And they're forming checklists and stuff. And I don't mean to scare anybody, but you know, those are things that definitely have to be paid attention to. But this is where you actually buy time and money at a discount when you get somebody that knows all that stuff already. Totally. Like you know, it, I, like just you. Like a, I just thought of like a million dollar business idea. Okay. This is the whole thing. We're going to roll it out. We're going to start with just my mom. We can get other moms later. And the idea is like, you give us your website and I'm going to have my mom try to check out on your website. Well, she can check out on my website. You're good. Daniel, I'll, I'll tell you that that is a multi-million dollar business already. It's called user-testing.com. Oh, okay. Have you this? I, well, so is they just got 54 million or maybe it was 154. Oh, yeah, so are you they, were that close. Are they using my mom? Because I feel like I should know about it. <laughs> I think they are using some moms. Okay. But anyway, yeah, yeah it, no, it's a it's a huge deal, you know. Yeah. So, but going back to uh, where we wanted to get with this as well is, so here you are. You do um, pay per click, which I'm sure includes Google AdWords, amongst other sources mm. that are popular today. We what we run into at least what I run into when I talk to you know other business owners is when it comes to platforms like you know pay per click, mm. like Google or Google AdWords and such, uh, where people get lost is they're just like, I'm not sure if that's right for my business. Uh, is it going to cost me too much to get like what's a click versus a conversion? What yeah. what should I be doing? And I know that is a constantly evolving world. So it's not something that like even I feel comfortable just jumping into and getting, oh, okay, I'll just get up to speed on pay-per-click with Google AdWords. I mean, uh, I've tried to put an ad up recently and what I found was like, dude, they must change this thing every week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, was I, actually doing I wanted to get conversions and they're yeah. like, you can't because you don't have enough experience. I'm like, well, what the heck? <laughs> How am I supposed to get experience if I can't do it? I know. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, that's where like someone like you really comes into play. So how do you guide people through this process? Well, yeah, so it's um, you're absolutely right. It's it's really rapidly changing. It's one of the reasons I, I really like it, actually. Um, and it's like I always tell my clients, like, you know, I spend the first hour minimum of every single day reading every appropriate blog post I can find on pay-per-click, on advertising, whatever, SEO, online marketing, because as far as I'm concerned, it's my job to know all that stuff. That's why people pay me, right? Yeah. But if you're if you're getting started, right, and you, you, you're interested in, in pay-per-click, I think it's in, it's an incredibly underutilized um channel for smaller businesses, right? It's like larger businesses are all doing this already. And I think smaller people get scared away because, you know, they've had some experience where they lost a lot of money or, you know, and it's just that people have had kind of bad experiences and they sort of scare them off. But the thing that really, two things I think are really important. It's like one is if you learn how to buy a client at a profit, you literally have the secret to growing your business at any rate you want to grow it. Yeah. If you can figure out that, and I'm not saying it's easy, but if you can figure it out and say like, look, consistently, 
I can pay $5 and make $10. That's a money machine. And that sounds like kind of hypey and cheesy, right? But it's it's true. Well, that's just the reality that we all have to deal with is what is the cost of customer acquisition and can we yeah. recoup that? How long does it take to recoup that cost? Absolutely. And there's I really feel like there is no more direct. There's, there's, no, there's no quicker or more direct or more clear way of doing that than in pay-per-click because – in every other um, channel where you are doing marketing or you're trying to acquire clients or anything, right? Mm-hmm. The relationship between the actions you take and the the results that you get is clouded by that whole middle period where, you know, quote unquote stuff happens, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that drives me crazy about SEO, like I'm an SEO guy from way, way back in the day where it was largely technical. And now SEO is much, you know, which in case people don't know, it just means search engine optimization, right? It's anything that ranks your website in Google. It's much closer to classic PR today than it is to the technical stuff I was doing sort of back in the ye olden days of like 2004 or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, pay-per-click, however, is it's really clearly defined. If you can set it up this way and kind of learn the basics, you can say like, all right, I bid on this keyword. I bet $2, right? I bid $2 every time someone clicked. I got 100 clicks, so I spent $200. Out of those 100 clicks, I had 10 people convert. So I had a 10% conversion rate. Out of those 10 people, I made $20 on average. So, so that's, I, that's where Infusionsoft really comes into play for your clients that have Infusionsoft. And I yeah. know that you strongly encourage them to get it if they don't have it. But it comes into play because you can actually start to track that. Because you can set lead source right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. be able to say, okay, well, of the 100 people that came in, these 20 became a lead. And then of those 20, you know, they became that. And you're able to track that back to that original ad. Is that is that how far you back you can track? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You track to the original ad. Because part of, part of the problem, right, that is that people look at the, the first part of the funnel. They look at, like, what immediately happens. So, like, hey. Mm-hmm. 20 people clicked on ad A and only 10 people clicked on ad B and therefore ad A is better than ad B. And that's kind of where they stop, right? But if you look at the lifetime of that client, they come into your funnel. Let's say you have Infusionsoft. It makes this way easier, right? I mean, you could you could totally do it by hand, you know, pad and paper. But if you have a system, it just makes it automatic. Let's say they come into your Infusionsoft and they spend two years kind of bouncing around, getting your emails, and then... Every single one of those people on that worst, you know, quote unquote, worst performing ad ends up being worth 10 times as much to you. What's well, the second ad that really made the difference? And, you know, you, obviously two years is a little long to track that. But even if you shorten that and say over a couple months, what are these people worth? Um, you're doing something that so, so few of your competitors will be doing. I guarantee it because I work with people all the time. Almost no one thinks about it this way, right? It's one of the reasons I really like, you know, like, you know, Ryan, like your, the stuff that you guys do at Fix Your Funnel or whatever. It's about thinking about the lifetime value of that person and working that into your equation about what I can pay to acquire that client. And if you can make that equation work a little better, if you can, you know, extend that amount of time they have in contact with you, if you can offer them things that they could buy that you didn't offer them up front, anytime you can shift that equation in your favor, it has um, a huge magnifying effect on what happens to your business, right? It's yeah. cumulative. It makes, it makes, it's, um, it's, uh, what do they say? It's, it's uh, geometric, right? It's a geometric change, not an algebraic change. It, it, it multiplies, not adds. 
Yeah. And uh, it's really it's really incredible to, to see small businesses. You don't need to spend a million dollars to do this. You could spend a hundred bucks a month. You can spend ten bucks a day. Well, you you kind of you ran into basically the the problem of making that decision too early with your own business, didn't you? You guys were, yeah. were attracting us uh, customers through a certain funnel, and obviously some of the stuff takes time to see. But you at least had the the setup to be able to see what was going on. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we always look at our average client value numbers. Right? Yeah. Like I, I think about, you know, different I think that's one of those key them. metrics if you, if you have reoccurring. Oh, it's, it's or any spend, I guess, you know, you need to yeah. know what it was a customer worth. But like, especially if you're in a reoccurring business, what is the average transaction per customer? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a Jay Abraham kind of truism, right? But I, I, I really take it to heart and I think it's very, very accurate, right? When it says there's only three metrics that matter. It's your average client value, like what every client on average is worth to you. It's how often they purchase, right? So the frequency of their purchase and it's the number of clients that come into your funnel. Those are the only three metrics you can really change to grow your business. You either get more people in the door, you sell more stuff to each individual person or you sell more often to the same group of people. That's it, right? So yeah. What we were doing was we were kind of optimizing our funnel. We sort of had our, our, you know, I'm kind of picturing this. We're sort of like hunched over our desk. We're fo focused on the minute-to-minute numbers. And we weren't thinking about that bigger picture. And what I noticed was like month over month, our average client value was drifting down oh, because we were constantly attracting, um, you know, we oh, I said this before the call. We were talking about, you know, you get one client, you do a good job. They tend to refer you people like them because people tend to know people basically in the same kind of, you know, general area of life that they're in, right? It's like similar income, similar job, similar likes, dislikes, whatever. So uh, the, the kind of client we were targeting is kind of like drifting down. We we're sort of targeting the bottom of the market. It just happened gradually over time. So rather than kind of optimizing our funnel to get more and more of these people, we kind of rebooted and said, all right, you know, how can we go after the upper end of this industry instead of the lower end? So we kind of completely redid our funnel. We put a, a lot more personal touch. We do a lot more phone stuff. We do, um, you know, a lot more kind of like one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, face-to-face -face stuff, webinars where like very small group of people invited, you know, whatever we got to do, rather than saying like, how can we get masses of people to download our white paper or PDF or whatever? Yeah. And uh, it's it's it worked out really well. I mean, we end up, you know, we ended up like more than having our client load keeping our income exactly the same. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of, you know, you grow your client load again to get that geometric geometric increase in the, the profit of the business. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so one of the, <clears throat> one of the questions I always ask uh, people I interview is, what is that number one success principle that you attribute all your growth to? Wow. That's a good question. I think um, for me, the, the big shift for me uh, happened when I, I started focusing on just those three numbers. And again, this is like a Jay Abraham thing. I saw him speak. He said this and really blew me away. He said, there's only the three metrics that matters. The number of leads you get, the, num the amount of stuff that you can sell a given person, and the amount of times that you sell to that person. Yeah. So you know, I was focusing all my efforts on getting more leads in the door. But it really kind of made me sit up and say, like, well, okay, if I increase 
you know, if I can increase my the number of leads by ten percent, if I can increase my sales or my um, you know what I charge by ten percent, and then I can get ten percent of my clients to buy a second time or a third time, that's a thirty percent increase in my business, if not more than that, with a, a very small number of variables, right? Yeah. And um, I really just I refocused everything on those three numbers rather than just focusing on leads. And uh, it allowed me to, I mentioned before, like I have a six month old son uh, as our first kid. So I literally, I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the rest of the time I'm home watching my son while my wife is, she's a graduate student. She has, you know, lab research and real stuff with DNA and science and all sorts of crazy stuff. And, um, you know, if I had not done that and really simplified my focus on the stuff that really matters, I wouldn't have been able to do that because I was working like 60 hours, you know. I was working crazy hours, let's put it that way. Um, but it's the focus that gets you the big result. Yeah. So, yeah. So, focus, it would be like focus on the right spot then. Yeah. Yeah. On the metrics that really matter. Yeah. Right. And so, the same thing with pay per click. When we're managing an account, you know, it's like you're saying, like, there's a ton of stuff, especially if you're working in AdWords. I mean, I don't know who designed AdWords, but it, it's just oh, like, geez. it's what I imagine, like, if you're a robot, like, what cyberspace will look like. It's just numbers flying at you, and it's, like, you know, it's all crazy, and there's so much stuff in there. I can picture the engineers that developed it. I think if you wanted to reach them, you would go straight to their mother's house yeah, and then yeah, go downstairs. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, it's, it, it's, it, I'm sure they're brilliant, right? The oh, yeah. Like, no, totally brilliant, much, but that's, yeah, that's where like, they hang out is. Yeah, in their mother's but it's basement like, you know, if you, if you want to kill it on AdWords, right, you want to kill it, there's really only a few numbers you look at and a few things you tweak to improve your numbers. And like, that's really all you need. It's the focus that gets you all the leverage. Um, so that's that's kind of my big, if I had to, to pinpoint something, that would be it for sure. That's awesome. And I think that anybody can learn from the lessons that you've shared today on just the approach to business. But cool. it's specifically on all the other stuff. I really appreciate your time today. This is awesome. I think this yeah, is going to be you. one. I, I get stuck here, Daniel, because I keep on saying this because it seems like every time I do one of these interviews, I just get blown away. So maybe maybe my threshold's really low. <laughs> I don't know. But it yeah, seems yeah, like you're, it's you're not. Right. And so I just keep on getting excited. I, and I really do appreciate your time today. I thought this was a, an awesome interview. And I'm excited for people to get to listen to this. And get some new insights that uh, they may not even know have known that they needed. So yeah. thank you so much. I didn't mean that as an insult in any way. I hope that I come <laughs> no, across okay. that. Don't worry. You know, I'm, a, I always say this, I'm a cheap date, right? So cool <laughs> there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. And again, I, I really appreciate you having me. It was a blast. Yeah.